Welcome to the HCI Family of Podcasts, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We share our own original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. Join us for practitioner-oriented content around all things leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with the HCI family of podcasts. Aoife O'Brien, welcome to the conversation today. Thank you so much, John. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. It's a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from the Canary Islands, and I'm super jealous. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm jealous. I've never been there yet, but that's on my list. And you said the Canary Islands is on your list as well. So, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Utah is gorgeous, and I love Utah. Um, if, if anyone wants to come see that, you know, we have five national parks, we have so, you know, out the outdoors, um, very, very, uh, diverse kind of features that you see in our outdoor, um, national parks, uh, and lots of great hiking and all all that kind of stuff. But I would love to make it to the Canary Islands and I've always wanted to go. And we were talking in the pre-interview about that a little bit. Anyways, it, it sounds amazing um anyways that's we're not going to talk about the canary islands today but uh, (laughs) just by way of introduction great to great to have you joining us um today we're going to be talking about identifying and responding to toxic work cultures we've all experienced this we've all hopefully been in great places where we've loved to be where we've had great relationships where it's been a healthy culture a dynamic culture but We've also all I think been in more toxic types of environments that we were anxious to get out of. Um, And sometimes we're in situations where we're able to get out of them. And other times we feel kind of trapped in them. And so we're really going to talk about how we can deal with that. Sometimes it means leaving. Other times it means finding strategies to deal with, you know, toxic people, toxic um, elements of the culture uh, so that we can make the most of perhaps the situation we find ourselves in. Uh, As we get started, I wanted to share Aoife's bio with everybody, Aoife O'Brien, founded Happier at Work with the mission to accelerate the progress of women at work. She is passionate about creating a culture that supports women to thrive and helps organizations increase their bottom line while supporting female leaders to reach their full potential. She works with business leaders and employees to focus on workplace culture, cultivating balance, and empowering leaders. Her award-winning podcast, Happier at Work, features a combination of interviews interview-based episodes, as well as solo podcasting. So I invite the audience to check out that amazing podcast. Uh, Great to have you with us. Anything else you would like to highlight by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in? Uh, We can dive on in, but, you know, I suppose part of my journey has been that I have been in that toxic environment. And I I regularly ask people and talk about their experiences of being in a toxic workplace. And that's the driver for what I do today, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it can be cathartic to moan and complain to others about your bad workplace experiences. They're ubiquitous. I think we've all had them. Uh, And unfortunately, 
sometimes maybe they're much more common than the really positive ones that I was describing yeah. at the beginning. But hopefully we've also had some positive ones so we can have some compare and contrast and realize that it doesn't have to be toxic. It really doesn't. Like you, you can have a great workplace, great culture, mm. great people that you're working with where you're working together well. That doesn't mean you always agree with everyone. That doesn't mean uh, you're always doing stuff that you love. You know, sometimes we have to do work we don't like. Sometimes there are things we disagree with. Like, we're not suggesting that everything has to be holding hands and kumbaya all the time. But there's a difference between like constructive disagreement versus toxicity, right? And so absolutely, this yeah. this is, hmm. is really what we'll dig into. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe we can start with just a little bit of your background and how you got to where you're at today. You described Absolutely. having experienced some of these things mm. yourself. Maybe yeah. give us an example or two, to, you know, and, and how did you get doing the work that you're doing? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, thanks, John. I So I worked in fast moving consumer goods. So that's the equivalent of CPG, consumer packaged goods, as you would call it in the U.S., I worked in the market research side of things, so always worked in large agencies, working with big global clients as well as local clients, analyzing data, something I was hugely interested in, good at as well, always quite successful. I was always really ambitious and I worked in organizations that I really enjoyed. So I worked in London for a time and it was just a fantastic culture, really nice. People were inclusive, people were sociable, but there was also a real focus on getting the work done and getting results and you know getting great results for our clients as well and i think the reason that my experiences were so jarring was because i had several experiences of really positive work cultures and i didn't realize how lucky i was to have those and yeah. when it came to landing essentially in this toxic work culture. Uh, I, I was living abroad, so I was working in Australia for a time. I had spent a little bit of time working in Perth and again, a fantastic culture there. Landed in this other role, which was recommended to me by people who I had previously worked with. So I made the, the false assumption that it was going to be a, a similar type of culture, but it wasn't. And I suppose some examples of it, there was a really high turnover, which should have sent a few red, red flags flag, right? my way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really high turnover of um, the employees. So it wasn't a, a really great place for a lot of people, I think. But I started noticing some things. I, I was kind of, I can't place my finger on it, but something is not right here. And I thought everything was going really well because all of the indications, people were coming to me to ask me questions, even though they had been there for a number of years and I'd only been there for a number of months. They um, uh, kept telling me, you're going to be promoted to director. What kind of director would you like to be? And I was really excited to get stuck into this new challenge as well. And they did a restructure and they ended up promoting my peer, who was also my friend, to be my manager, but they didn't mm. communicate that to me. So mm. again, you know, major red flag. And when I questioned them about that then, because of course I'm not gonna sit back and not say anything about that situation i did question the head yeah. of the department and i said um you know i my understanding was that that i was going to be promoted into this role and now you've promoted someone else and he's now my manager and the response i got 
again just shows you what kind of toxic place I was dealing with was oh he's more of a supervisor to me and if I want to be mentored by someone then I should go to his manager so again just not taking the responsibility and Mm -hmm. when I look back and this is through a lens of you know I've gone on this journey of trying to understand what happened to me I, I did a coaching qualification I went on to do a master's in organizational behavior and I was questioning everything about myself and my confidence but looking back through my research lens if Mm -hmm. you like there was a huge mismatch of values so I really value things like authenticity and transparency which definitely did not happen in that organization they in fact they were trying to backtrack on some of the things that they had said and you know so that was a, a, a big and then a lesser toxic culture it wasn't so toxic as just not a really good fit for me i i love to excel at whatever i do i want to be in an environment where i can really thrive and work to my strengths and again with that research lens i could see my needs were not being satisfied in that role and i wasn't working to my strengths either so um it it wasn't toxic it just wasn't the right environment it wasn't a good fit for me yeah yeah well thank you for sharing those. And I I do think sometimes if people haven't been lucky enough to work in a great environment, they may just think, well, that's just how it is. Like work sucks. That's how work is. Work is supposed to suck, isn't it? Yeah, work sucks. And like, I dread getting up in the morning. I dread, you know, facing the start of the week on a Sunday evening, you know, thinking, oh, I got to go back on Monday. Like, you know, there are plenty of people who just think that's just the way it is by default and just suck it up and adult and do, you know, just do it. And I'm like, no, it doesn't need to be that way. And and if you're lucky enough to experience more positive environments, um, all of a sudden it can open your eyes to realize like, Mm. no, really there are fairly straightforward things that you can do as a leader to Mm. make sure that you have a more healthy dynamic collaborative type of an environment that doesn't suck that doesn't suck the soul out of people Mm. and that isn't so toxic and harmful potentially to to people um and so once you have that contrast man it's hard to go back like I, i i've been lucky enough to have that um context too Plus, like you, you know, this is the space we live in, right? And so we're, we're, we're constantly talking with people and consulting with and doing research in this space of like, great work and engaged work and and worker satisfaction and being happy at work and, and how to have a effective teams and effective organizations. And, and when you are in that space, you realize, no, like you can really do this. There are ways to do it. And it's usually not rocket science either. Like it's usually fairly straightforward things that you just need to be intentional about and do them consistently. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, it can make a huge difference. It can at least get you like 80% of the way there. Right. And so, you know, I, that's something that I just really want to highlight for anyone listening, just thinking, oh no, it's just the way it is. And, you know, I, I, I go to work in the morning, I dread it, but I put in my time and I, I can go home at night, spend time with my family and, and just kind of feeling resigned to that. I'm like, no, you don't need Mm -hmm. to feel resigned to that. Like you can have better, you can create better yourself. You can also um, take ownership over your own situation and find better opportunities for yourself where you will thrive. And you also highlighted it's it's not yeah. just about, I mean, sometimes it really is just toxic people, toxic environment. Sometimes it really is just a matter of not being a good fit. Um, mm. 
or even something that I would consider toxic, that someone else might thrive in that environment. They might thrive, exactly, um, because it's a better fit for them, their personality. Yeah. Like I, I think of, say, an organization that's quite sales focused, maybe wouldn't be very suitable for me, but someone else would really thrive in that kind of environment. And I think knowing those things in advance really yeah. helps. Something else, John, I'd love to illustrate is that <clears throat> sometimes we assume that we'll reach a certain stage in our career and we're kind of immune to this happening to to encountering micromanagers but the more i speak to people the more i realize we're never immune you don't reach a stage where you magically can find a, an environment that suits you how you have to be really intentional as an individual mm -hmm. to seek out and ask the right questions when you're joining an organization to make sure that it's not a toxic place for you um you know and because you could get to that stage where you and I, you know, I've spoken to really senior people who are they're reporting into the CEO of an organization, and the CEO is a toxic leader for them. You know, whether they be toxic for everyone, debatable. But if someone is micromanaging you when you're at that very senior level, just know again that you're not alone right. in that scenario. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what are some of those things you found to be helpful in identifying toxic cultures? before you're there, like if you're a, yeah. a candidate, if you're applying for yeah. jobs, it's hard to know, right? It, it's hard yeah. to really know what it's going to be like, because everyone's putting their best foot forward and trying to make it look like it's an amazing place to be. How have you found that it can be effective to try to figure that out? This is it. I think on both sides, you know, from a candidate's perspective, sure. you're, yeah. I don't want to say desperate, but you're kind of in a situation where you're like, I really need a job. I need the money. I need to get out of wherever I am at the moment. So there's, the, you're kind of starting on the back foot. And like you say, you always want to present your best self. So you're going to talk yourself up a little bit and, and really go for it. And then from the organization's perspective, the same thing. Oh, this is a fantastic place to work. And oh, you know, we don't necessarily have any challenges or problems that you need to be aware of. And then you enter and you're like, oh, I was totally missold this role. But I think on both sides, if we can just be a bit more honest uh, about it. So from a candidate's perspective, asking questions about what the culture is like, what the management style is like, being honest about how you like to be managed. And I think really understanding from a culture perspective what your own core values are and you can if you haven't done any values work before there's loads of resources online that you can yeah. understand what are my values but but some of the things that I use with my clients would be you know uh, even starting with what really frustrates you at work or what are the things that you what behavior in other people mm -hmm. do you find really intolerable so that you can yeah. know that 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 kind of behavior really impacts on you and then thinking about how you spend your time, your energy and your money. They're the things in your life that you value. So if you spend a lot of money on books and reading and taking courses, you really value learning, for example. So a question to ask in an interview would be, well, you know, what kind of learning and development budget do you have? Do you have a per employee? What kind of support do you give people when they want to develop themselves? And then from the organization's perspective, again, being upfront, you know, we've had this challenge and we want to be really upfront about what you're getting yourself into because we need someone who's able to rise to this challenge and we are aware of it and we're doing something about it. I think, you know, just being upfront on both sides is really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big fan of just openness and transparency. Yeah. Just communicate clearly. I, I don't exactly. think you're ultimately doing yourself or anyone else any favors by obfuscating or trying to kind of 
hide behind, you know, uh, this facade, you know, exactly. You may think it's necessary and worthwhile, but even if you feel desperate, like you need this job, it is usually not going to work out for you in the long run if you are not a good fit for that position, for that role, for the type of environment that it is. Mm. And it, even though in the immediacy of the moment, you know, you may feel I really need this, it could actually be something that's, that puts you on a, a, it sets you back. Like it actually will hinder your ability yeah. to find yourself in a good position later or in a, in a good fulfilling career. And so, yeah. you know, taking the time to be very thoughtful about that, reach out, talk to so. people, yeah. talk to people Network. who work in the organization, yeah. um, mm. reach out to people on LinkedIn, uh, set up coffee calls with people and, yeah. and, and just try to have a chat about like, what yeah. is it really, really like? Um, yeah. There's, there's no, substitute are you trying to just, get out? Of yeah. There there's no, well, there's no know? substitute for just really <laughs> trying to have those honest conversations with people. Absolutely. Yeah. But there's so much information available online these days yes. as well that people often forget. You just forget when you're in the thick of things, when you're excited about making it to the next round of interviews you sort of forget to check in and be like, okay, maybe I should have a look on Glassdoor. Let's see what they're saying about the CEO. Let's see what they're saying mm-hmm. about the culture. Uh, you know, and I know there, there's there's other resources available beyond just that as well. But I love that idea of connecting with people who are already in the organization to get, well, what's, what's really going on behind the scenes? What do I need to know about what's going on here? And could that potentially be a good fit for me? Or is that something that might mean it's, it's, it ends up being toxic? Yeah. Yeah. And again, just to reiterate, you know, there are some like hyper competitive types of workplace environments that Mm -hmm. I might find as toxic. Other people Mm -hmm. might find that as energizing, invigorating and something where they're going to thrive. So, you know, there are differences in style and approaches and what we find to be reasonable or appropriate. Um, So that values alignment like you talked about, like understanding mm-hmm. yourself and where you're at and trying to have a better understanding of the organization and not just like what they put on the website, but like really digging into like what exactly, their, yeah. their lived values yeah. seem to be and how they do the work mm-hmm. that gets done. Um, that's going to be really important. Okay. So let's assume now that we 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 are able to figure out, um, you know, if an environment's going to be toxic or not. And for whatever, one way or another, we end up in this organization, we realize we're in a toxic place with toxic mm. people or a toxic culture. Yeah. How do we respond to that in a healthy way? Sometimes, and 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 I want to kind of hone in on like, if you find yourself in a situation where you kind of have to be there. So there's always the opportunity to leave and you can go maybe yeah. try to find a different job, do something else. Uh, sometimes though, that's a real real possibility for people and other times for a variety of reasons that may not be a real possibility. So if you find yourself in that kind of environment, what are some proactive things we can do, some strategies to try to deal with some toxicity that might be present um, so that we can have a better experience and help those around us to have a better experience as well? Yeah. I think there's so many different approaches that you can take. For me, I was in the lucky position that I was able to leave, but I'm also aware, and especially with the way the job market is at the moment, that not everyone is in a position to leave. And especially if you have a local role and, you know, they're, they're very into having people in the office rather than the remote roles being available. But for me, it's it's a mindset shift, really. If you find yourself in that situation and you can't leave, you have to decide that it's a choice. It's not I have to stay in this toxic environment. It's I'm choosing to stay in this role because 
whatever that right whatever that reason might be that can be i choose to stay here because i want to support my family i choose to stay here because i want to progress my career and and staying here for x number of years and having that on my resume is going to make a huge difference to me you know just shifting that thinking shifting that mindset around that and it's so hard to deal with toxic people on a day-to-day basis and i've had to do that and again i think you have to take a step back and, and think this is not about me. They're not treating me like this because of anything to do with me. It's more to do with them and that's how they are and they're hurting and whatever it might be, you know, what's that phrase hurt people, hurt people. So yeah. it's, it's about them and you have to really think that that's the reason that all of these things are happening, you know, and I always think that these types of environments, it comes from the top usually so if it's that type of environment where that type of behavior is it's not expected but it's tolerated that no one is doing anything about it i think that's the danger is you say one thing you say our values are inclusiveness our values are respect things like this but then you're not showing that the values the lived experience of the values of the employees that that are living those values day to day is not the reality of what what you've said the values actually are. So I think holding people to account. So if you're saying that your values are this, then you have to hold people to account. You have to do something about it. And so on the on the positive side, when you see people espousing those values on a day to day basis, then you need to celebrate that you need to recognize that when you see people making decisions that are values based decisions, rather than solely focused on money, you need to celebrate those things and recognize people. But equally, when you see people who are going against the values in some way, but others around them are tolerating it, it's, it's having a facility to call that type of behavior out, whether that's a whistleblowing type of thing, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go down the HR type of route, that's not my area of expertise, but having that facility where you can actually speak to someone about it. Uh, I know in in Ireland, especially, there's a lot of companies that would have an uh, EAP, an employee assistance program, so you can call up, you can speak to a counselor, so those kinds of facilities as well, if you need to go down that route, just to talk to someone, you know, talking someone through about that. But I think for me, from an individual perspective, do what you can do to shift that mindset to know that it's not about you. But if you're in a position of leadership, know that you need to call out this type of toxic behavior because it shouldn't be tolerated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And on a personal level, you know, establishing appropriate boundaries can go a long Mm. way. Um, as you're working with uh, particularly with toxic people. Um, so you can still work, you know, I don't need to like the person I'm working with. I I can work with anybody. And, and if someone's toxic, that doesn't mean I can't work with them. It just means, means I need to set up some boundaries around how I interact Mm -hmm. with that individual, um, in part to protect myself. And to your point, it's not about me, it's about them. So I, you know, try to give them a little bit of generosity in, in how they're being, and then separate myself from whatever behaviors yeah. are happening, you know, that may not be very positive. Um, I, I think that's, that's great. And everyone should, should think about how to, to communicate effective boundaries uh, with, with others around them. Uh, and then I think the other thing is, is just recognizing uh, that people 
around you will leave. Like I, mm. I've, I, I'm a university professor. Um, that's my main gig. And then I do consulting work and things like this podcast on the side. Um, I've been here for 15 and a half years. I plan on being here for another 30 years before I retire. And I've seen a lot of different people come and go in different leadership positions. And some have been very toxic. Others have been great. And there are, can be major swings, but you know what? In part, I'm insulated and being a professor and being at a university, that's different than a lot of workplaces, but, and I get that, but in part, I'm insulated from, you know, some of the toxicity and in other ways I have to interface with it, but I also recognize that person probably won't be here in two years and yeah. I'm going to outlive them here in this organization. Uh, and, <laughs> and that and, makes me feel really good. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, th that's another way that you can kind of deal with it. Um, mm. And I know not everyone finds themselves in that kind of a situation, but just recognizing um, that there there is constant change. And just yeah. because something isn't a great environment today doesn't mean it's going to be that way six months from now. Yeah. Uh, and so if you're able to establish some good boundaries, uh, mm -hmm. that can go a long way to get you through yeah. maybe some rough patches. Yeah. And I think picking up on something that you mentioned earlier, John, about, about moaning and venting about that situation. I was in that situation in that second organization that I mentioned, and I went for lunch every day with two of my colleagues and all I did was complain. I complain, complain, complain. And between one thing and another, one of those colleagues was on a contract. So, so she left and another found a new role and she left. And I found myself no longer going for lunch and complaining every day. And things changed for me yeah. when I wasn't. And I, it was only reflecting afterwards. I was like, what changed? What changed was I wasn't going for lunch every day and complaining about my job. I think <laughs> when you complain about stuff and don't take positive steps to make things better, it just perpetuates the situation that you're in. And again, you know, building on the point that you made about toxic workplaces can change. Apparently that place that I worked in in Australia, things actually took a turn for the better. Uh, I was going to say after I left it, I don't mean there was a direct correlation necessarily <laughs> between me leaving and things getting better, but over time things improved, whether they recognized yep. toxic leadership behaviors, uh, whether there was a, just a shift in the culture or something like that. So things can change over time. And so, so some of my colleagues that I worked with there, you know, 11 years ago, they're still working there now. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I know at the time I need to let you go, even though this is a wonderful conversation, I think we could go on and on before we wrap up. I just wanted to give you a moment to share with the audience, how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, uh, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Yeah, absolutely. So the best place since you're listening to a podcast is to go into your podcast app of choice and, and have a look for Happier at Work. And you should find me, Aoife O'Brien, Happier at Work podcast. I would say connection wise, I'm most active on LinkedIn. So I will spell my name for people because I'm sure a lot of your listeners don't know how to spell my name. It's spelled A-O-I-F-E and it's pronounced Aoife. And my surname is O'Brien. O-B-R-I-E-N. So hopefully I will connect with you there. Um, last word on, on toxic workplaces. They do exist. You can't sometimes avoid entering into a toxic workplace. But I think between my, John and myself, we have highlighted so many opportunities that you have to do something about it, to recognize them and, um, you know, know that you have a choice in the matter and shifting your mindset to, to understanding that you have that choice, whether you choose to leave or you choose to stay and um, shifting that mindset, I think, and 
yeah, focusing, focusing on yourself and your career. And this is not going to be forever. Yeah. Wonderful. Aoife, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Aoife can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. They can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the podcast. We hope you stay healthy and safe and please join us again soon.